Hey everyone, it's your girl Desiree. I'm back with a new episode and in this episode I'm going to talk about mental health and finances. I put up a poll on Instagram not too long ago and people said that they wanted to hear more about that. I know in a previous episode I talked about mental health and I talked about finances and health overall and in that episode I did mention mental health briefly but I didn't really go into it as much so I wanted to do an episode specifically on mental health. In this episode I'm going to focus on depression and anxiety because I don't really know as much about the other ones and I want to also speak from experience. So sorry to those who may be dealing with bipolar disorder or other forms of mental health but I want to talk about things that I have more experience with because then I can not only speak on just things that I hear, but also things that I experience from with myself, that is. So that's basically what I wanted to focus on in this episode. And I wanted to talk about how mental health can affect finances and how finances can affect mental health because I believe that it is definitely a two-way street, especially for people who struggle. Everybody has periods of depression. Everybody has periods of anxiety that they go through in life, especially with the way that things are going in the world today. However, there are people who have chronic depression and anxiety where they deal with this every day, and it's a battle. I'm not saying that every day they're depressed or every single day they're having anxiety attacks, but they do battle it on a regular basis, and some people actually are on medication or they've been diagnosed. So that's a different situation than the um the average person who doesn't deal with mental health concerns i'm not downplaying other people's experience because if you lose a loved one or if you lose your job or if you've been through a breakup and you go through a deep depression that still can be very traumatic some people have been um they've gone through um different forms of abuse and things like that so i'm not downplaying those types of depression and anxiety or PTSD and things of that sort. I'm just saying that people who have chronic depression, anxiety, it can be a, a much different type of experience than having just a period of depression or a period of anxiety. And sometimes um, those major experiences that people have in their life, like forms of abuse and things like that, can lead to you being diagnosed with depression, having chronic depression and anxiety. Sometimes that could be the root of it as well, especially if it occurred in your childhood. So I don't want to get too much into that because depression and anxiety can get very, very complicated. But I just wanted to mention that because I hear a lot of people say, well, everybody has depression. Everybody has anxiety. And that's true. Everybody has experienced it. But not everybody's dealing with chronic depression and anxiety. Not everybody has been diagnosed with it. Not everybody has taken medication for it. Not everybody is battling it day in and day out. So I think that that's something that we don't need to um, say in a flippant way as if it's not something that some people struggle with on a different level. So that's, that's I just want to put that out there. But going into the topic, uh, mental health and finances, I have a few points that I want to mention and then I'm going to take a little break and then I'm going to come back like I usually do. So the first point is that comparison is the thief of joy and I looked online and it says that Theodore Roosevelt was the person who came with that quote. And I believe that is true sometimes. Uh, I, th- I believe that sometimes comparison can be healthy. Sometimes if we look at what other people have or we, 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 um, we kind of like gauge where we're at based on other people. If we do it in a healthy way, it can inspire us. But I think when he was talking about it, I don't know his mind, but based on how it's written, it sounds as if, I'm looking at you and I'm seeing that you have something I don't. So that makes me feel some type of way about myself. And then that can steal the joy that I have or the, the joy that I could have. 
So that's a big thing, especially now in um, with social media, especially in 2020. Every day we go on social media, we see people, oh, they have a nice car, they have a nice house, they have nice things. We see them traveling, things like that. And we just, sometimes we can compare ourselves to them financially. We say, oh, I wish I could afford to buy those nice things or have that nice car or have that nice house or go to those nice places or stay in those nice hotels and things of that sort. And that can make us feel insignificant when we don't have those things. Um, Especially living in a society that is very materialistic. Also, um, it also depends on what you value, right? So for me, traveling is really, really something I really, really enjoy a lot. So if I see people, oh, she went to Morocco. Oh, this person went to Thailand. This person went to Bali. This person went to Tanzania. They went to Johannesburg. They went to Shanghai or um, they went to South Korea somewhere or whatever. Like that makes me feel like, wow, I wish I could do that. I wish I had the money to do that because that's something that I really enjoy. Maybe for somebody else, traveling is not really a big thing. So maybe for them, they like expensive things. So they might see somebody with Louis Vuitton or they might see somebody with um, a Birkin bag or a Fendi or whatever. And they may feel some type of way because they wish that they could have that. Me personally, I would like a Chanel bag. I wouldn't mind if somebody bought me a Chanel bag. I would take it, (laughs) especially if it's pretty. Um, Me personally, I don't find Birkin bags attractive. But I do sometimes see Chanel things. I think that they're attractive. Um, Fendi, I think, probably. Sometimes, maybe. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not really big on those type of things because I'm, I'm more on spending my money as far as having experiences. So like things like traveling, going to nice hotels. Like I like to stay in fancy hotels. I like to trans- travel to nice places. I would love to stay in a five-star resort. Things like that I would prefer to spend my money on rather than or buying you know quality food because I like food that's quality food. So things like that, I would rather prefer or having a really nice house. <laughs> I would rather spend money on that than um, on Louis Vuitton or things like that. That's not saying that somebody bought it for me. I wouldn't, I wouldn't be very grateful for it. I'd just rather invest my money in other ways. But that's why I mean, that's what I mean by when I say like everybody has things that they value and it all just depends on the person. But we have to remember that we are in different phases of our lives and other people. We also, we also have to remember that different people have different things for different reasons. So some people worked really, really hard for it. They put that work in. So that's what they have. Some people inherited money through family. Some people, they, those things were given to them. So we don't even know if they really bought those things. So there's just so many other factors that we tend to forget when we look at those pictures and we see people with that or we look on YouTube and we see people doing the vlogs or I'm traveling to this place. So I just... Did a um, I just did a a haul with Louis Vuitton. I'm showing you all the stuff that I just bought. We really just don't really know people's situations. We don't know their financial situations. People can be also using debt to get those things. So these are things that sometimes we forget, and we're so busy trying to compare ourselves to other people that we don't actually see the realness behind what they're really posting. Also, sometimes people put down other people for not having the things that they have. So they may say, oh. You um you live in the projects or you live in the hood and you you have you know a rundown place and I live in a mansion or I live in Beverly Hills and or you um walk around with Payless shoes on but I have Fendi on and you know whatever sometimes people put down other people 
because they have things that the other people don't have. And it's easy to do because, especially when you're the type of person who used to be teased or used to be put down because you used to not have things. And now it's like, oh, look at me now. I have these, all these things, so look at you. And it's natural for people to want to do that, but we have to be careful. We have to, we have to be aware that we're not using our things to try to make other people feel bad. And some people do that. And then it makes other people feel very insecure. And then they go out and they spend money they don't have to have the things that the other people have because they feel shamed. It's kind of like how I, sometimes I talk to people and I say, oh, you know, I really want to have, you know, my own place and my own this and my own that. And they say, yeah, but you have to make sure you're ready for that. And you have the money for that. Don't let people shame you like, oh, why are you this age and you still don't have your own place? Or why are you this age and you still don't have your own car? when they don't even really know your financial situation and then you go out and you spend money that you don't have to get these things and now you're struggling, trying to keep your head afloat, trying to save face for other people, knowing deep down that you're not ready for those responsibilities, you know? So we just have to really be careful um, that we're not allowing other people's comments and other people's shame to cause us to go and spend money in ways that we probably should not. Also, everybody having their accomplishments on display, they may say, oh, they went to college. And there's nothing wrong with doing that. I've shared my accomplishments online. But I think that sometimes when we're in a very insecure place and we see people's accomplishments, even if they are sharing it in a humble way, we could still feel insignificant. Like, well, I wish I got to go to college or I wish I was able to um, do study abroad when I was in college or all these different things that cost money. And like, once again, we don't understand what they had to go through in order to get those things it's not easy sometimes going through college. Sometimes you have to take out this debt that you still have to pay back. Like I still have student loans that I have to, well, I have one that I have to pay back. So it's like, yeah, it's great to have an education. I would never knock an education. But at the same time, it's like there's things that come with that that sometimes people forget. Not even just the money, but the time. So we just have to be careful with that. Once again, like I said before, people grow at different time lumps and in different ways and people also have different upbringings and different family backgrounds which can have an effect on how um, they relate with money how they're able to get money and keep money so we have to take all those things into consideration different personalities also perceive things differently so sometimes you may perceive something on social media a certain way and you may feel insecure because that's just your personality when another person may see it and just be motivated by it. So you also have to know yourself and know what makes you feel insecure. If you're an overall insecure person, then that's just something that you just have to work on over time. But sometimes you may not necessarily be an insecure person, but if you're constantly looking at people online who are shaming people for not having things or they're constantly flaunting, flaunting their things, that could make you feel insecure. And if that's the case, then you may need to unfollow those people because then it can be negative for your mental health if you're constantly being reminded that you're no good because you don't have enough money. <laughs> That's not really good. I mean, yes, you should have people that are motivating you to get more and to be more successful, but for people to shame you, that may not be good for your mental health, for anybody, but especially somebody who's dealing with depression and anxiety on a regular basis. Okay, and then the second point is that depression and anxiety can enhance money worries and financial struggles. So if you're already dealing with depression and anxiety on a regular basis, you have chronic depression and anxiety, if you already have money concerns, it can be enhanced because you're already dealing with depression and anxiety. So if I'm already going through a lot of like pain and you know sadness and anxiety and fear, and then I already have these financial difficulties, that can make me even more worried about money, even more afraid, even more 
upset, even more sad, even more confused because I'm dealing now with two things. So we have to be aware of that when we're dealing with mental health, that anytime when you're dealing with other things in your life that's depressing, like a breakup or money issues or health issues, that those things can be magnified because of your depression and your anxiety. So that, and it's important to know that because sometimes people will tell you, oh, you're just exaggerating because, you know, you only owe like $500. Why are you making it such a big deal? But for you, it could be a really big deal because, like I said, for one, different people perceive things differently. So maybe your personality is a type where you don't like to owe money. Me personally, if I owe $500, I'm trying to pay that stuff off. I don't want $500 over my head. Some people, that's nothing, right? So different personalities see money differently. But if you have depression as well, then that $500 is going to make you feel really, really depressed and really, really scared because you're like, I already don't like owing money and I have to deal with this anxiety. So what am I going to do? <laughs> and some people may feel like you're exaggerating, but it's normal for you. And if you know that, then you can address it and get the therapy you need or get the help that you need. And you know, OK, this is normal for me. It may not be normal for them, but it's normal for you. So that's important to know. Not having enough money already can bring anxiety and depression. So having chronic depression and anxiety can magnify it. Right. Also, isolation from depression and anxiety can create more opportunities to have negative and um, yeah, negative feelings and basically, you know, unhealthy thoughts. So a lot of times if you're dealing with depression and anxiety, maybe isolating yourself and that can cause you to be more with your thoughts that are negative about money, and then that can make it even worse as well, especially if you're an introvert, you know, especially if you're an introvert, because introverts, we tend to, I'm an introvert, and we tend to spend a lot of time with ourselves, which is fine, it's normal for our personality, but if you're also dealing with depression and anxiety, now you're isolated, you're spending so much time with yourself, you're not around other people, nobody probably really knows what you're going through, and now you're sitting there with all this negativity, and it can get really, really unhealthy, so I think it's really important to be aware of that. And this can lead to overspending, less saving, and um, inability to control debt. So now you're dealing with isolation, you're depressed, you're going through anxiety, you're dealing with these money problems, and you're not receiving the help that you need, the support that you need, and that can cause you to then try to spend money to try to mask those feelings. And then that can lead you down a rabbit hole even further because now you have even more debt, or if you didn't have debt, now you have debt, and... Or you should be spending money in other ways that are more constructive, but now you're spending it in destructive ways. You also may be saving less. So you know you're supposed to be saving a certain percentage every time you get paid. You're not doing that. So just different things can start happening, and um, that can actually cause you to go into even deeper depression once you realize that your financial situation is not getting any better. So it's really, really important to be aware of that. So I'm going to stop here and I'm going to come back. But basically, I just kind of want to talk about comparison and how comparison can really lead to um, a lot more depression and anxiety with people who are dealing with mental health and how we just need to be more aware of ourselves and who we are and understand that we're different than other people. We were raised differently. We have different circumstances. So we really can't compare ourselves to other people just based on social media. Even if you do have very similar personalities to somebody, you were raised similar, even then you're still not the same. So it's important to remember that and not allow people that allow people to shame us into causing us to then go spend money that we don't have 
or you see things on social media and then it's like, oh, I got to go buy that too because I want to be on that level of them, not knowing what they had to go through to get it or if they even spent money on that because it could have been given to them. And then also basically that depression and anxiety can lead to more negative emotions and feelings when it comes to financial struggles. Everybody is going to experience some form of depression and anxiety at some point of their life with money. But people who deal with depression and anxiety on a chronic level can really experience it at a much more heightened state because now they're dealing with two things. They're battling two things at the same time. So I think that's really, really important to remember. So I'll be back and um, make sure you stay tuned for the rest of the episode because I have a few more points. Hey everybody, it's your girl Desiree. I'm back with the rest of the episode. I realized that I talk really, really fast. So that's something that I'm going to try to work on. I usually have a lot of thoughts in my mind and they race and they race. That's just the kind of mind that I have. So because of that, that can cause me to talk really, really fast. (laughs) So I'm going to try to learn to talk a little more slow and make sure I pronounce my words more clearly so that you can understand what I'm saying. Nobody has really mentioned it. Nobody has really talked about it. However, I notice it. So that's just something that I want to keep working on. Okay, (laughs) I also want to say also before I get to the next point that having debt is not always a bad thing. I think that I know there's people like Dave Ramsey and people like that who always say, you know, debt is bad. And I think he only talks about it being okay as if it's a mortgage. But I also want to be realistic. You know, there are some people who live a life where not having debt at all is not realistic for them. Because things are going to come up, emergencies are going to come up, and they're not going to have the money to be able to pay for it. And the only way they can go get that thing that they need, which is important, is to use debt. Because they don't have enough savings. They don't make enough money to save up that amount of money. For example, medical concerns. Some people, they don't have great health insurance. I think I talked about that with, um, with finances and health. And I talked about how there are people who... They may get health insurance from their job, but it's still not covering as much as it could cover, you know, or should, I should say, cover. Or they may not have health insurance because they work for themselves, and then the health insurance that's being offered to them is too expensive, and they don't qualify for public assistance. So now they're in a limbo, and then if they get sick, they have to pay these large amount of bills for their their emergency visit or for some medication that they need. So... I think that it's important to be realistic and to think about the everyday average person who just really just doesn't have $10,000 just sitting around. And even if they even if they do, that money is probably for like if they lose their job so that they can pay their bills, not so that they can use it for medical stuff. So I think that um, we, we do have to be realistic. Of course, we have to be careful going into debt for things like a Birkin bag or <laughs> Louis Vuitton or, you know, things that we don't need. Um, I think we have to be careful with stuff like that. But if it's like college yes i think that you should always try to strive to go to college for free if you can or for very low cost however that's not everybody's realistic experience so i wouldn't shame somebody for taking out debt i i would encourage somebody to be careful with the amount of debt that they talk that they take out and i did talk about that in the college episode where i talked about college and health so i think it is important to not take out fifty thousand dollars in debt if you know that you're low income and you know you can't probably pay that back And there's no telling if you're going to be able to get a really good job after you get out of school. I don't think that's the best decision, especially when there's community colleges and there's other things that you can do um, as an alternative. 
But so I just wanted to put that out there because I don't want people to feel like, well, I have the debt, so that means that I'm a bad person, or that means I have poor money choices. No, everybody's situation is different. So yes, I think that you shouldn't go into debt for things like that are frivolous. I did talk about that before that I had gone into debt for some clothes that I had bought. And yes, I needed to upgrade my clothes, but I kind of went a little too far. And then I took out more of debt than I should have, which I'm taking care of now. So yes, there are things like that that can be destructive. Um, even though I don't regret most of the things that I bought because they, I still wear them and they're still very helpful. However, if I could do it again, I would have did it a different way. You know, so um, I just wanted to mention that. So the third point is um, depression and anxiety can affect opportunities. Opportunities. So a lot of times if you want to make more money or if you want to continue to make the money that you're making, those things come through opportunities. And um, when you are dealing with depression and anxiety, a lot of times you may feel less comfortable in certain situations around people, including at work, especially if you're an introvert, right? So if I'm dealing with depression and anxiety and I'm around people, I don't feel comfortable, that can affect me being able to network and being able to get along with other people at work or going to different events that might open up opportunities for me to meet other people. And some people say, well, why are people shy or why are people afraid to meet people well that's because they, they're not in your shoes and they don't understand how you feel when somebody's dealing with anxiety sometimes they can literally feel like they're having an anxiety attack when they're around other people especially in an event where there's lots of people and like i said if you're an introvert that's even more challenging because being an introvert you already sometimes have you know difficulties being around people or even if you don't you have a cap on how much of it you can handle until you're like okay it's time for me to take a right now enough people for today <laughs> and people who are extroverted don't understand that and sometimes they don't seek to understand that either um so that can affect your ability to be able to be in a better financial situation if you are unable to conduct yourself in a calm way in a confident way because of the depression and anxiety that you're experiencing so that can also affect your your finances sometimes you may even have trouble finding work because you have to go on interviews and you have to be confident in interviews. You have to speak in interviews. You have to be calm in interviews. And it's already can be it can already be a little nerve wracking to be in an interview. But if you're dealing with depression and anxiety, that can make it even more challenging. And like I said, I have to throw in the introvert thing. If you're an introvert, even more challenging. So um, that can definitely affect your financial situation. Also, sometimes when people deal with depression and anxiety, they may not upkeep their appearance. They may have a hard time getting out of bed. They may have a hard time leaving the house. And that may also affect how they are able to um, have opportunities to be able to make more money. Because if you don't really want to leave your house, then how are you going to... I mean, you can do some stuff from home. But there are a lot of opportunities that you have to go out and you have to meet people. And you have to interact with people. So that becomes challenging when you are dealing with depression and anxiety. Especially anxiety. But also depression too, because depression, if you feel sad or you just feel numb or you just feel like angry, because depression can can show itself in many different emotions, sometimes all at once, sometimes one or the other. And that also depends on personality as well. That can really affect how you're able to um, interact with people. So um, if, you, if you're not upkeeping your parents, you're not bathing, you're not taking care of yourself because you're so depressed, you're not eating properly, you're not taking care of your health, and of course, it's going to be hard for you to keep a job. It's going to be hard for you to get a new job or um, 
get better opportunities as far as money is concerned. So that can affect your money. Some people are on disability because they're unable to work. They have such bad anxiety that um, they can't even barely go outside. They can't barely interact with people. So they have to stay home mostly. And people think that they're just being scary or you're just acting funny. Why are you acting like they just go out and just meet people? But some people really don't understand how serious it can get for some people to the point where they really can't even really be around people without feeling like they're about to pass out. And I mean, just imagine having to go to work and feel like that. And sometimes when you're at work, you're dealing with stressful situations. Your boss is not always being the nicest to you or you have people there that are not, that's not always being nicest to you. People can be harsh with you. You may have to get up and talk at times and you may be given certain responsibilities and you're like, oh, I have a deadline. You know, you get worried. You get see, I know for me at work, when I'm told you got to get this done by a certain time, I get worried. Even if it's not a major responsibility, I still get worried. I don't know. I just... I just have anxiety like that. And I'm like, okay, let me hurry up and try to get done. But then I'm also trying to make sure I'm not making mistakes because I don't want to get yelled at or whatever. Like, these are real things that people go through when they have anxiety. And that can be very difficult when you're trying to be successful in the workplace and you're having to deal with this stuff. Or you're just going to work and you're just feeling so sad. You're feeling like you're in despair. You're feeling like the world is hopeless. I mean, it's hard to get up and go to work, period. But when you have to get up and go to work feeling like that, that's a really challenging thing. And some people lose their jobs or they're not able to find a job or get a better job because of that. So I just wanted to talk about some tips and um, hopefully these four tips will be helpful. The first tip is um, write out a timeline to pay down a small debt. So if you owe money, Um, like student loans, credit cards, medical bills or whatever, you know, try to look at the smallest debts that you have. Or you can also look at the highest interest ones. It depends on how you want to do it. If you have one, it's like $200. And I would suggest to focus on that. That doesn't mean that you stop paying the other ones. You still want to make sure you're paying the other ones on time, the minimum. But you want to put more money down to the one that has the highest interest or the one that has the smallest debt. So if I have a debt that's $2,000 high interest and I have one that's $200, I'm going to pay both, but I'm going to put minimum on the high interest one and I'm going to throw as much money as I can on the $200 one and then whatever money that I'm throwing towards the $200 one, I'm going to have extra money now to to pay down the $2,000 one. So that's basically how you can do that. There's different ways to pay down debt, but that's one way that you can do it where it can be helpful for you. Um... And if you have two debts that are high, like one is 2000 and it has 6% interest and the other one is 2500 and it has 25% interest, then you want to throw down more to the 25% interest. But you still want to pay the other one off minimum because you don't want to have late fees. You don't want to have your credit affected by that. So that's something that you can do. I know last year when I got really, really depressed and I felt like it was hopeless, I didn't know how I was going to pay stuff off. I was like, okay, let me write out what I owe, let me figure out what I can pay, okay, let me focus on this high interest one that's really, really bothering me, and then what I was able to do was I was able to get a balance transfer on a new account, and then I was able to split it, not split it halfway fully like I had wanted to, but I was able to split it enough to where I was able to snowball it down, and by the end of the year, I paid off the high interest one, and then I have the other one that I'm paying off now, which doesn't have interest until like next year, So I'm paying that down now, and that should be paid down by a certain time. I'm not going to say when because I don't want to put it out there, but I know when I want to have it paid down by. And then once that's paid down, all my credit card debt will be paid off, and then I can focus on the student loan because student loan only has like 6% or something like that. So whatever extra money I've been putting down to these other things, I can then push it down on the student loan one. I also have something that's medical that I have to take care of too. 
but that one I don't think I have interest until next year as well. So I'm, I've been putting down the minimum of that, but I'm going to start putting down more once I pay off the credit card and I'm going to put down more on the, um, I'm going to put down more on the medical one, but then I'm going to, yeah, I'm actually probably going to put down more on the medical one as much as I can and then just put like minimum down on the student loan. Cause the student loan one I haven't really been putting anything on because my balance has been zero. My balance has been zero. I wish my, <laughs> my bill has been zero because I'm on an income thing now. But that doesn't mean I still shouldn't put money down on that, right? So that's just a little bit. I'm not going to go into specifics on what I owe and all that. I feel like that's a little too personal. But I just wanted to kind of give an idea of my situation so it probably could help somebody else. Also, um, use social media to make money and create opportunities. So if you feel like you have a really hard time um, going out and working for other people because of your anxiety and your depression. I'm not saying that you, you shouldn't work on that and try to overcome it. But at the same time, I don't believe that people should force themselves to be in situations that they're uncomfortable with. So that's one thing that I've been learning to do is learning how to make money in other ways so I'm not so dependent just on one avenue. And then eventually, you know, if you want to leave your job, you can if you're making enough money in the future to sustain the lifestyle that you need to sustain that's what a lot of people are doing now. And even people who don't even have depression and anxiety are doing it. So if that's something that you want to do, you can look into that. You can research. YouTube can be your best friend. Just learning ways to make extra money. You can take the extra money, throw it down on your debt, save up a lot of money, um, invest in a business, invest in online things that you can do. And then you can leave your job over time when you are able to transition out and do that. Also, take social media breaks from especially Instagram. And um, maybe in some cases, YouTube, but with YouTube, it's a little bit more um, easier because you can control usually what you specifically look at. But um, I think it's important to be aware of social media and how it's affecting you and how it's influencing you and your money decisions. And especially if you're going through financial difficulties, it can be a place that can really make you feel bad (laughs) because you're seeing everybody else doing so well or apparently doing so well, right? Because like I said, you really don't know what people are really going through, unless they're just being honest with you. Um, Yeah, and then also therapy and counseling is the fourth tip. You don't have to be ashamed to get therapy and counseling. Yeah, if you need it, you need it. And if you really want to talk to somebody about your money concerns, you can see a financial advisor. Uh, I know in New York City they have that for free with the city, especially if you're low income and you can look it up on um i think it's nyc.gov i forgot exactly which agency it is but they can give you free um financial literacy and they can help you come up with a budget and help you figure out how you can um better work with your finances also if you want if you have the money you can also invest in somebody online there's a lot of people online who are financial advisors or they're just really good with finances and they give services and you can work with them and they can help you figure out how you can better um Put your finances together. So that's important. Sometimes you don't necessarily need, need therapy. Maybe you're already going to therapy, but maybe you just need some type of counseling or coaching for your finances. It just all depends. And I think that's why it's so important for us to spend time with ourselves and really see what we need. Because I think the more time you spend with, your, with yourself, the more you realize what you actually need. And then you can seek out that support. And I don't think you should let anybody shame you for seeking out that support. Even if it is just $500, like I mentioned, if it's really, really bothering you and it's really, really causing your depression, anxiety to flare up, then it's important 
uh, for you to address it. So, yes, you always have a choice. And um, don't ever feel like you have to apologize to anybody for choosing, choosing yourself and choosing um, your mental health over um, what other people want you to choose. Because at the end of the day, you're the one who has to live with your own mind, your own thoughts, your own emotions. And um, you're the one who, who's, in, who's responsible for it. Yes, people can help you. Yes, people can support you. But even in that, you have to allow people to do it. You have to open up and tell people what you're going through. So it all falls back on us. And that can be a little scary to realize, but it all falls back on us to be honest with ourselves and be honest with other people if we want the help. Because there are a lot of people out there who are willing to help you um, through your concerns. So I hope this has been helpful. I hope that your financial situation um, continues to improve. I hope that you come up with a plan and you are able to figure out how you can better manage your finances. I think this is a great time to learn. You have so many resources at your at your fingertips with social media, with YouTube, with books. And there's so many ways to learn how to budget, learn how to save, learn how to make more money. And um, yes, it's easier said than done because... They say that there's more jobs, but there's a lot of people I know who still can't find work. So it's not that easy for some people, as people say say that it is. But I think that if you keep trying and you keep staying positive, you need a support system. You need people that are going to be able to support you during this period. So take care, and I hope this has been helpful. And I will be back with another episode soon. Bye.